0: You're listening to season four of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network for soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content. Visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it.
1: Welcome, hi, good, hi, hello, it's Views in the Bridge, it's your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union, I don't know where I'm going with this, in between playing Starfield, welcome to Recording Podcasts, um, good to see you, good to be seen, uh, Matt to pretty most time your host, Evan Villala here, um, two-thirds gang's all here, um, first, he did yard work today, I guess, so prayers up for him, it's Chuck Booth.
2: Yep, um, lovely day of being off work to do chores around the house. <laughs> It's like hot too. It's oh yeah, no, I had to get out there early because any later and I would have just melted on the sidewalk. Yeah.
1: Um, also, here um, the guy who makes this <laughs> whole thing happen is Justin Ashcraft.
0: I did. I did yard work today too. Just saying. It's Labor Day. You got to do yard work I on did, Labor Day.
1: I did job work today. Is that something? <laughs>
0: I mean, you're not supposed to because it's Labor Day. Well, it is. What
1: yeah, we- grocery retail, everybody. I'm um, hey, speaking of not doing work, uh, oh boy, we should stop talking about games so confidently. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Philadelphia Union check out and lose to Toronto FC, where Lorenzo Insigne was like, "I can't do everything Messi <laughs> does, but I can do some of that." Right?
0: Yeah, it was not a not a good game.
2: It happened. Um, I, <laughs> it, um, geez, I don't. E- I, I really don't even know where to start with this game because it's just like everything that could go wrong went wrong. You had your defenders forgetting how to defend, how to defend. Andre Blake forgot that he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And you had to deal with two suspensions following the game, and oh yeah, Leon Flax out for the foreseeable future, likely the season and playoffs.
1: Yeah, good good night all around for the organization. There, he said
2: sarcastically. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel feel like we're yeah. we're always like kind of do. For one of those moments. Because um, luckily. The Union do respond well. After games like that. Um, so at least. It just happened in a. Mostly. Meaningless format. Because it's not like. Losing to Toronto really is something that. Ever comes back to bite you too much.
0: Yeah. What's interesting about it. I feel like. If you look at the halftime stats of this game, like the the uh, this the stats and play on the field can always tell two different stories, right? But when you're looking when you look purely kinda at of the halftime stats, I was like, Oh, the union, you know, aren't in that bad of a position. They're, you know, doing okay in possession, shots, everything else, and then, you know, and then the second half happened, obviously. But I I think You know, as long as you don't get on a string of the, you know, as long as you never get on a string of these games, and obviously the unit didn't, but like, as long as you never get on a string of these games, like you you can always have one, you know, I'm hoping that, um, maybe I'm hoping that Miami's come soon, but, um, you know, there's always going to be one, there's always going to be a couple of these games a season that, you know, obviously you lose to a team you shouldn't have in a way you probably shouldn't have either. Um, so it is what it is.
1: Is it, is it fair to call it a trap
0: game? Oh, I mean, it's def- definitely. Yeah, a trap I mean, I game think it's a you, midweek game.
2: And you had the news of, you know, an MLS job being better than coaching the Canadian national team. So everyone had to show up for John Hartman, even yeah. though he wasn't <laughs> coaching the game.
1: Yeah. Um,. Definitely one of the games this year where you it happens and you're sad and then you think to yourself, we're not the Colorado Rapids and you try to move on.
2: Oh, did you see that um, like athletic graphic going around today that the Rapids have only led for 8% of total MLS minutes that they've played this season?
0: They're not a good team. little
1: oh, bad. I, I didn't see that. That's insane.
2: Um, um,
0: uh, yeah, I'm
1: going to try and find I it and see... send it in our
2: chat. Because, like, when I when I saw it, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised by their metric, but it is very interesting. Um, I just sent it. I'm sure it's aggressive.
1: What I did see was, I, I think it was either holding the Highline or Burgundy Wave that posted the Rapids bingo. That is, Robin Fraser staring off a thousand yards into the distance, and that was quite funny.
2: I mean, truly, like, power to every, like, Rapids publication that's somehow still functioning through this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin, I don't really... It doesn't matter how the Toronto game started. Do you have any other comments on how it finished because I think we can kind of move on quickly from that.
0: No, I, I mean, like I said, like I said, my, my biggest thing with any time, you know, a a good team like the union and, and and there's no, again, even with a game like this, there's no cause for concern. I think you, you don't want to get on a string of these games and you want to be able to bounce back. And so I think the important thing is they bounce back and,
2: yeah, it is kind of it is kind yeah, of a, funny, like to think about what recording would have been like had we done this before um, facing Red Bulls versus after, because we do have that just like wonderful benefit of hindsight being twenty twenty and knowing that they bounce back yeah. versus yeah. worrying about uh oh crap we have two healthy midfielders and. They have to play 90 minutes.
1: And what a bounce back it was. Um, Philadelphia Union for a Troy Lassane who I forget is an MLS coach. That's not a knock against him. I just, I don't, I don't. But uh, Red Bull coming to town. They score first and then a red card. And then the Union just kind of go in the cruise control. Um, pretty comfy win for the boys in blue.
2: That was a it was a weird red card, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, obviously, like I'm not complaining because uh, it was a red card that benefited us. But like overall, it um, just <clears throat> I was kind of, I was just kind of surprised to see them go down to ten. But then um, the union, at least, because sometimes when they're up a man, they can. Um, just have those periods in which they still struggle to find the back of the net, and they did not do that.
0: Yeah, it's one of those cards that's just like it's so important not to get cards in the first five minutes of the game, and like, unfortunately, you know he, you know Sean Nielis did get did get the card in like the fourth minute of the game, and that just it does put you behind the eight ball for the rest of the game because. Yeah, you have a weird thing like that where I'm not sure, you know. I I don't know. I went back and forth watching that clip over and over again as they were showing it. Like, was it a yellow card? I'm not sure. But when you've already got one in the beginning of the half, like, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage for the rest of the game where if that's his first yellow card, then, then this game probably looks very different for the rest of the game. But um, I think – I think – the I think – the, the Union did a great job uh, playing up a man, playing to the advantage. Um, I thought uh, in bounce back fashion, I feel like uh, Michael Uwa looked fairly good last night. I mean, I think he um, made some good runs, looked pretty dynamic. Uh, I didn't, you know, so I appreciated the way that he was playing. Um, you know, Carranza finding the back of the net is always good. Um, You know, maybe should have had another one. Um, But, you know, offsides, whatever. So, a good overall game, I think.
1: Um, We'll probably talk about it shortly after this, but... There are very few players, I think, in MLS history, maybe, that are able to cross in a ball like Kai Wagner. (laughs)
2: Because...
1: He, Damian Lowe had to get down to it, and, and he's been great. Uh, you know, we've talked about how much of a revelation he is defensively and just how good he fits into that scheme. But, man, like, he plays the ball like I think we all want Jack Elliott to play it on on set pieces where it's like, no, 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 you're big. Like, go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, just a really thunderous header. And then, yeah, I think one of the only times in recent memory, and maybe it's because they had so long <laughs> – that the union looked good up a minute. Um, And yeah, like Justin, to your point, or or I think both of you guys made it now where it's like, that's by the book, a second yellow because it is a yellow card, but it's harsh that you have a guy get a second yellow after what was probably not necessarily a yellow card foul. And I think the union would feel hard done um, as far as cards go by Bedoya's yellow. Um, that'll see him miss Cincinnati.
2: I think Bedoya just wanted the weekend off after needing to fill in for yeah, all like of the midfielders game. who weren't there. Yeah, because it 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 does it did kind of just seem like a oh let's just get this yellow card accumulation out of the way for again just a very weird game that in the grand scheme of things, like, probably doesn't matter. Um, Like, I I know you want to at least, like, act like you're trying to catch Cincinnati, but, like, as we've talked about, second feels a lot better than first with Miami gaining steam by the
0: day. Yes. Yes. Is, I mean that's that's a true statement. I just I think I mean it's interesting because I think no matter what formation this team plays, they look fairly decent. But um, there is something different when you have Elliot Glesnes and Low all on the field at the same time. Um, it does it does give Kai Wagner a lot of freedom to to roam, and especially when on the other side of the field you've got Nathan Harrell who i think i mean played well offensively last night i'm not I'm, i don't i'm not saying anything about that but i think he's a much better defender than he is offensive weapon on the other side of the field but it but that does give Kai Wagner just a lot of opportunity to kind of step up in the midfield and then when you have guys like Lowe and Elliot who aren't who also aren't afraid to step up into the midfield um, you know, it keeps you on the front foot. And so that's where it just, it felt like, you know, it felt like New York and they're not a good team at this point, And, and probably to your point, Evan, I'm not sure they're coached by the best coach in the world. Um, like it just, it kept them off balance and off center kind of all night long. um, And so I think it, it ended up being a pretty easy game on the grand um. scheme of things.
2: Well, and, and also just with, like, kind of keeping your foot down, that's, again, where just Damian Lowe is so great because randomly you'll just see him making a run into the box. Um, so yeah. it doesn't really feel like you're sacrificing anything in midfield when you go to this back three just because of how aggressive all of the center backs are um, with carrying the ball forward. And then that, of course, led to two of them scoring goals during the game because um, Bob Wagner got a hat-trick of assists.
1: Yeah, and then he said some things. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we were talking about it just before we went live, and it's not that he says things. I, I think by now with the news cycle and just how all that works and who he is and the, the caliber of player he is, I'm saying all this to say we've been here before. This is the first time it's ever been, Oh, well, you know, I'm not being offered close to what I think I should be making or something to that extent from the team. Um, and Is the money there to probably get Kai Wagner to sign an extension? I would think. Um, But is this the first time that it seemed like he's put the urgency on the club or kind of the urgency on, you know, known factors to do that? Yeah. And that's a little weird. And especially given the timing, it's not super comfy, but here we are.
2: Yeah, it the the even weirder thing is like he usually like does this stuff like during actual transfer windows or and also like through intermediaries versus like you know saying the quiet part out loud himself in the locker room after a game. <laughs> um so that and and like that's where it's just like all very weird because he because like he doesn't have to answer that question um, about like is this your last year in Philadelphia, um, but the fact that not only did he choose to but also chose to in a way that it just insinuates that everything is on the team, which I mean is likely true, but also it comes down to, like, what does he want? Because if he wants to be a designated player, things specifically like what he just did are reasons why they can't make that investment in him.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the difference between this and, and maybe some other situations kind of around the soccer world is, like, a lot of times you see players do this and then they kind of quit on the team that they're playing for and they're, like, they just... they they kind of just stopped showing up kind of period. Um, and I think like for me, I mean, yes. Would I like Kai Wagner not to say this kind of stuff? Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's the ideal solution. Um, but end of the day, I mean, he's still, he's still balling out on the field and like, you know, obviously, you know, drops a couple of assists this, this past week and, and, and plays, you know, plays fairly well in the game and, all that kind of stuff. And so I just, he can say whatever he wants about wanting a new contract or whatever, wanting the money and blah, blah, blah. And we know he's going to, but the reality is, I mean, the reality for me is like, it's more about what you look like on the field and like what the play is on the field. And so if the play on the field is still good, um, I don't mind if you talk, you know, if you, if you want to talk or whatever, that's fine. If you stop playing or he stops showing up to practice or, you know, it gets to a situation where Jim's having to bench him because he's not uh, contributing to team activities or whatever, then I, then I get way more concerned about what's happening. But for me right now at this, at this kind of stage, it's like, okay, obviously he's trying to posture himself in a way to either get more money from the union or get more money from a team elsewhere. Um, And that's fine. Do what you want. That's, that's, the nature of the business i guess in some ways um but the nature of the business is also like you're still an employee of the philadelphia union so like <coughs> show up and he and he's doing that and so that's where i'm i'm less concerned about that if unless he stops kind of playing if he stops playing and stops playing well in the field then i get worried about it as long as he's producing on the field talk as much as you want <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that and that has been something that's been like a little weird. Is just the fact that you you are right that normally a player in this scenario would quit on the team, and uh, like he clearly hasn't done that, but still, just it's it's just very very weird, especially since like it feels that the most likely scenario for him right now with the lack of European offers that have been coming around is that he signs a contract with another MLS team.
0: I also think there's an element of like, we've been spoiled with so many players who are kind of on the other end of the spectrum of like, not, you know, like not doing that. And like, You know, you think, like, the Bedoyas, the Elliots, the, you know, the Blakes of the world. I I think, like, we have so many players who are just so committed to Philadelphia and have no problem signing extensions and whatever and don't feel like they need the money because we're winning and all that kind of stuff. And I think, so it's hard when you contrast that with Wagner, but I'm sure there are other players on the team who maybe aren't saying saying the quiet part out loud or they're just maybe they're not as discontented as as Wagner is with the money but i think like there's probably other players on the team who think they deserve more as well but yeah it's a matter of controlling your tongue i guess or controlling what you say in the locker room and in the press and everything else but i don't know my my thing it still goes back to okay as long as he's producing on the field uh i don't you know i don't have a i don't have a big deal i don't have a big problem with him talking to the press um, as long as he's not making that a thing uh, in the, in the locker room and kind of like the other thing, the other kind of similar situation or kind of different, but similar situation is like comparing it to Baizo, like Baizo's not really playing right now. And so I like, obviously he's also discontented with the situation and, and it's different. It's not money, but um, it's, It's just the difference, you know. Like Wagner still knows that if he quits on the team, he's probably not going to get as much money elsewhere. He knows that he still needs to play, and then he might get a big payday somewhere else. Uh, But if you don't do that, then you're not going to get the payday anyway. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting.
2: You raise an interesting point though, because like if you were in a situation with Kai Wagner that you are with Baizo where you actually have a capable backup that you know will be here next year it could potentially be a little different but it's not like really Jim Curtin has an option but to play him Um, because I mean he's very clearly the best chance creator on the team so it's not like you can just bench him without a way out because even when like our, I think our best example that we've had here was Jamiro Montero and while it things still got weird when he was on the way out he was still involved even though there were five other midfielders that could theoretically play there yeah
1: I like Justin's point of Kai has built up enough capital that he can say whatever he wants. And then as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff production-wise, like we're still good. And then, yeah, like Chuck, to your point, Jamiro's a good shout for Kai's situation, but then I almost think of like Nogueira almost for um, Faiza, where it's like there's stuff outside of football that's causing you to be Disgruntled, upset, whatever. Um, and, yeah, it'll just be interesting because, like, I think Harriel's good enough. But you'd rather probably Bizo you know, a lot of situations. But we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I just, like, see so many situations around the world. And, like, uh, I mean, specifically one other one that I can, can kind of think of uh, just, like, off the top of my head is like what happened with Robert Sanchez at Brighton towards the end of last season, like, you know, he gets benched for Jason Steele. Obviously, you know, Deserby says nothing in public about the quality of Sanchez's play, but just says, Hey, like we're starting Jason for a couple games to see what happens and all that kind of stuff. And Sanchez just basically quits on the quits on the team, like stop showing up, you know, whatever doesn't travel, you know, in the off season with the team, all that kind of stuff. Now he does get his big transfer to Chelsea and, and all of that. Um, And we can see how well that's gone. But I think, like, you've got to – at some point, you got to figure out, like, even if you are discontented at the team that you're with at the moment, you have to know that you have to continue to play and produce, and that will open more doors in the future for bigger opportunities. And so I think, like, you – I think that's what Kai Wagner knows, that that maybe some other players don't, is, like, what – he does in these last four months as a union player. If this is his last season in Philadelphia, uh, might determine where he ends up next year, or or might determine the doors that are open to where he ends up next year. So, um, I think he's you know he's got to figure that out uh, in the next couple, uh, you know, in the next couple months. But uh, as of now, if he's really as discon- discontented as he's saying. Uh, he's still producing and and that's really all that matters on the field.
1: yeah, um next year's next year next week Cincinnati. Um, what do we do here <laughs> is is this I know Chuck Chuck is like, eh, hey, I don't really eh, we're not gonna catch him um, I
2: mean I want I, mean, I want to be I competitive. Like- but, like, I just don't, at the end of the day, care that much on what the result is.
0: It's, it's hard for me. It, I agree, Chuck. It is hard for me right now to care about any individual game's re- results at this point in time. Um, you, like, something catastrophic would have to happen over these last seven games for you not to make the playoffs. For the union to not make the playoffs at this point. And so, like, for me, it's like, okay, if we win one, lose one, you know, from now until the end of the season, we're still going to end up in a pretty good spot. Uh, So it's hard for me to, like, oh, let me get real upset if we lose to Cincinnati. Like, yeah, I would like for us to look competitive. I would like to not roll over like we did against Toronto or Miami. But, like, I don't want to – but I'm not going to get too caught up in any individual result from here – until the playoffs start.
2: Uh, there's probably like one specific game where I do care a lot. And that's when LAFC comes to town because that just in getting ready for playoffs, like if you can't show up against them in your home stadium, there's no point in being in playoffs. Um, but realistically, it's like as long as the Union are—I mean, they—there's a very slim chance that they fall below fifth place in the Eastern Conference. You obviously want them to finish second, um, and it's—it gets a little weird because like most teams haven't played the same amount of games right now, but both the Union and New England have played the same amount of games, and the Union are one point behind them right now but would be ahead on either goal difference or wins so it's like as long as you make that up then you're fine um and so like really just making sure you finish second or third to have the most advantageous playoff position you can that's the only real goal is keeping people healthy
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. I agree.
1: Well, and I think too. I was
0: just gonna say, I agree with you, Chuck. Like, I don't, I don't. It's tricky. I, at the end of the day, like, yes, you want to show up against LAFC and and the teams, you know, that are good, even on your side of the conference, to show that you can compete in playoffs. But that's what I mean. Any one result, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too upset if they lose to Cincinnati. You know, as long as they come back and win a couple more, like whatever. I just don't. I don't want to, you know, it's, I don't want to go into playoffs having lost eight in a row or something, but, you know, it's, but that is probably not (laughs) going to happen that bad of a team.
2: Yeah, it doesn't feel possible that they could actually, like, go on even, like, even like a two-game streak of losses, like, that just doesn't happen with this team.
0: Right.
1: Um we have a lack of midfielders. Um is suspended for this one. Flock is out till I, I think on the broadcast last night they said maybe the playoffs. Um but who knows? I think that just kind of depends on how bad the thing that they're that they kind of put off actually is and then what the recovery looks like and how Leon kind of feels. Do we see, like, a Quinn Sullivan, technically Jeremy Raffinello can play midfield sort of switch here? Or what
0: do we do? do? I think it's the same formation as last night. You just switched to and Martinez.
2: (laughs) Well, and, well, um, so Bueno's not back for this one, right? Or it, because. Correct. Um, I always get confused on straight red suspensions because in some cases they are one game and in others they aren't. And I just don't remember off the top of my head if this is one of those that's more than one game. Um but like but yeah, it's no matter what, you have two midfielders to play the pivot. And speaking of Raffanello, yeah, he played in a game. <laughs> he did
1: sure did he's real he exists
2: so um, but yeah I mean that's definitely good to see for depth uh, over the course of uh, the rest of the season also going to be interesting to see how involved um, Tiber Ebo is too because you would think that you might want to work him up to getting like 30 minutes in this game but, um, yeah, it seems pretty straightforward that you just keep the back three, plug Martinez in,
0: and then whatever happens after that just happens. Point suspension is only one game, so he will be back for this one.
2: Yay, another midfielder. <laughs> They're returning to us. Uh,
1: speaking
0: of speaking uh, of midfielders, uh, Paxton Erickson had an assist this weekend yep. for Frank Berry. Look at that.
1: How about it? Yeah, I watched, I watched that live. Good for him. Nice little ball. I mean, really good finish. Made him look good. Yeah, uh, he needed that to show yeah. up his
2: brother who was suspended with a red card.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. The dueling Aronsons, if you will. Uh, Is it weird that I almost want to see Baribo start?
0: No, that's not weird at all. No? I also do.
1: And if no, because I think it's it's lower risk if he goes out in the first half and, like, you're fine, but he doesn't really contribute as long as you're not chasing. But I think it's a little bit more of a problem if you're chasing and then you bring him on and he really has to assert himself into the game. And I, I would want to just see him... And then I think you get a... It's a better... I think you can go, all right, we played you 45, to 60A look like it can happen, and B, do we want to see you play that long? <laughs> like, were, were your first 45 minutes good or okay? Because I thought he looked—I fo- mean, he didn't have a whole lot to do at, at that point when he came on last night, but he ran hard, he's physical, like, mm-hmm. it looked good. Um... I just want to see, you know, and especially, all right, you ended the game, start the next one, get your 45, if that's good, or if we're up, play 60 or 70 or whenever. Jim, 75, when Jim makes his first sub, and then we'll bring on Ura or Carranza, whoever we subbed off. I kind of want to see Baribo and, and Ura together just for the physicality. The fact that it might be your strikers take, next year? Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, And then... Uh, Bring on Carranza to say, you know, run at people and and see what happens.
0: Probably, it's interesting to me, just thinking about this, like, and and just you saying some of that stuff. It's interesting to me how little we talk about Godstock, but how consistently good the dude is.
1: Just there, man. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, but just just scoring a
2: goal doesn't do it for us anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, come on, like at least hit a break Oh, you hurt your leg right after you scored because you planted weird. Ooh, Uh, (laughs) like come on, man. I mean,
0: he's like consistently, and like that's what's that's what's interesting. Like he's never, you know, he's not the he's not the Muktar, so he's not probably never going to win, you know, MLS MVP. But like the dude is just so consistently good and shows up in the right spots on the field, and like it's just he's so good.
1: And MVP this year is going to Luciano Acosta. That's not. That's not much of a debate. <laughs> like that's. Bo-
2: Boanga that dude has a case. Runs eh. No, it
1: it
2: is it is actually going to be pretty interesting for for MVP um, when it comes down to it. I mean, I, I do think that you're right, that Acosta's going to win, um, but it is going to still be closer than it might seem. And then you're also somehow going to get messy votes all
0: over there. Because well, that's going to be a thing. Do... do... Is Miami going to lose a game? So,
2: so I, I, sure? I, I actually, pre- I did predict every single game that they were that they're playing. <laughs> I thought that the LAFC game was going to be the first one that they lost, and then they, you know, didn't do that. So the next that I had them losing is let's see if that's a draw is to FC Cincinnati on October seventh.
0: I don't I don't know. I don't know. They're being some really I mean good I, I, I
2: have that I have that <laughs> no, I have no. that
0: three two Cincinnati, so that's how
2: um, still close that is, but yeah, I only had two losses on their entire schedule for the rest of the season and they got through one of those games without losing for what it's worth.
0: I don't know. I don't know that they're going to lose.
2: But, um, I mean, now that we're on Miami, uh, John McCarthy yeah. left with what? it's... It's still so... The
1: prize, <laughs> the prize of the season. It's, it's still
2: just so so weird with these because it's like you left with a massive loss at your home stadium, but you got Messi's jersey, so you still won. Also, you weren't supposed to be the starter for LAFC to begin with, but Kripo just got hurt and doesn't exist anymore.
0: Well, also, like, for McCarthy's credit, even though... You did let three goals by, and and you lost the game. Like the most viral clip from last night is Selena Gomez being impressed with one of your saves. So,
2: so I am so annoyed <laughs> by the fact that people are twisting that clip to now be Selena Gomez being impressed with what Messi was doing versus that being her reaction to the save because it was her reaction right. to the
1: save. We know why that yeah. happened.
2: But, but it, it's it's also just like, she's literally next to people in LAFC gear, and it's still being twisted to make the story around Messi instead of John McCarthy making a save.
0: Well, we know why.
2: <laughs> it, it, it is just like, as one of the many people who has to find weird ways to convolute a story around Messi, you can do both. Yes, you're right, you can.
1: Oh, uh, go you, uh, Do we want to like? And I, I know we don't really do like a score line because we're not fools anymore. But win, lose, or draw against Cincy?
0: Uh, give me a win! I yeah. would love to. I can't. I'm just saying. I'm I'm yeah, saying I'll a say win. That. I'll take a draw.
1: I'll, I'll take a drill. Because I, I do
0: just
2: think that since he still does struggle, at least going against a back three, so the game's going to just get pretty ugly.
1: Anything else? I think we got it all. We got John McCarthy getting Messi's jersey. We got Kai Wagner's unhappy, but not really. Uh, we don't have any midfielders, but we kind of do now, so that's exciting. Um... Toronto games suck, but we got better. Red Bull's jersey, the yellow thing that Red Bull has going on, not great. Don't love it.
0: Both, well, this one wasn't as bad to watch on TV, but that game, the game against Toronto, and I don't, I don't see Toronto's jerseys necessarily, but that jersey matchup was awful to watch on TV. I don't know what it was—the combination of the jerseys or whatever—but it was like an awful game to try to watch on TV, and then. And then you're right. The Red Bulls yellow jersey is not, not nice. So that's. I think that's it.
1: That's it, I guess. Right. All right. Well, um, at VFTB Pod, if you wanna tell us that we're wrong, or that we're going to lose the Cincinnati, or that Lucho Acosta shouldn't be MVP, or um, actually, honey, is not that great. Any of those things we'll take. It's, it's fine. We're open for discussion. And we'll talk to everybody next week.
0: That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pods. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at DSGNtree.com slash VFTB for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at Kofi.com slash Pod. Thanks for your listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino. I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.